Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Well, this extraordinary campaign season got more so over the weekend. We want to know what your reaction has been to Donald Trump's comments caught on tape from uh, 2005. And Utah Republicans, some national Republicans, repudiation now of their presidential nominee. Uh, should Donald Trump step down as the uh, the nominee? That talk seems to have lessened a little bit as the weekend has gone on, but uh, some are still calling for that. What did you think of the debate? And what is on the top of your mind as you get ready to vote? We're opening the phone lines. 800-826-1495 is the number. 800-826-1495, toll free from anywhere. And we invite you to comment via Twitter at UPR Access and email upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Your chance to to comment on uh, what's been happening. We bring in Jonathan Choate, who is with SD7 Technologies in Logan, uh, and uh, recently appointed, elected, Libertarian Party County Chair for uh, for Cache County. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, so, Jonathan Choate, you were on uh, a few months ago, uh, made the national u- news, uh, you and your colleague, uh, being Republican Party officials in Cache County, who resigned your positions and, in fact, resigned from the party over Donald Trump. Things have gotten even weirder, more I, depressing. I don't know what adjective you yeah, want to use since. I've got to say it's one of the best choices I've ever made in my life. I I have not had to justify any of the circus that has been going on since then as somehow associated with me. And uh, it, it's great to watch it from an outside and not have to do the mental gymnastics of trying to justify one character's behavior over another because they're both just repugnant. So you you uh, you hold them equally repugnant, do you? They are different repugnant. Mm. You know, they're they're not the same kind, but you know, they're they're both bad. Mm. Uh, I want to talk a bit about that mental gymnastics. I, I heard uh, Misty Snow, uh, the uh, Democratic candidate for Senate, I believe, um, say something that I th- that I've seen a lot recently, especially from Democrats. Obviously, from Democrats saying. This is what drove you over the edge, talking to Republicans who are now withdrawing their endorsements. Why didn't you repudiate your nominee, you know, 50 comments ago or, you know, last year or whatever it is? Uh, you know, this one is so in your face and particularly with the uh, the nature of Utah politics and the, the high value on character, uh, theoretically, um, it's something that's so in your face that it sort of it, – it, jolts you out of the mental cage you've been able to build of, well, maybe it's not as bad as uh, what other people are telling me. Maybe he won't be as bad as, uh, you know, so if, if I can just hope for these couple of good things, I can put the blinders on, I can avoid these other things, I can justify it. It's one of those that just is so jarring and so visceral that it kind of, it, it jolts you out of that. Hmm. But, uh, as you have said before, I said it just earlier uh, here, just a couple of minutes ago, uh, you're, you're calling Hillary Clinton uh, Republican in a different way. Yeah, it's neither of them are good candidates, but not even just good candidates. I, you know, I don't want to be over the top here. I don't think either of them is a good person, uh, but in different ways. They are both just, you know, we're not going for class president here. We're going, we're trying to elect the person to be the most powerful person in the world, not hyperbole. They will literally be the most powerful person in the world. And these are the two choices we have. I wouldn't vote for one for student council president, let alone president of the United States. So how have we devolved into this? Well, at least my candidate hasn't done X. You know, that's where we are. Well, my candidate's not as bad as yours because they haven't actually done blank, fill in the blank. There's any number of potential things in each of their current and past, um, you know, public life to where, again, that's that mental gymnastics. Well, I, I can support this person because they're not as bad as the opposition. When did that become the criteria? When, well... You know, they're just not as bad. That's so difficult for me to justify, to say, to watch people attempt to justify their support of, well, he's not the other guy or she's not the other guy. Either way. Uh, some are uh, have done and continue to frame this in a very black and white uh, sense. Um, you're, you're putting party over country. 
and you know on, on either Absolutely. either side. Um, do you agree with that? I, I that's what they're doing. It's it is it's party identity. It's what letter they have in front of their name, and it's not it's not even so much about supporting their person. It's we can't let the opposition win because the opposition is worse. So it doesn't matter how bad my candidate is because the opposition at worse is worse. That's where we are today. As long as they're 1% less bad than the opposition, then I can throw my hat with them. Hmm. Regardless that, in my opinion, neither one is fit to serve in any way, shape, or form. Here's a uh, comments come to us from Kathy and Logan. I think this gets, gets us into the heart of the matter. Uh, she says, I was pretty disgusted with last night's debate. I can't vote for either of them. I've been told I would be wasting my vote to vote for other candidates. Is it really? Absolutely not. What wasting your vote is voting for somebody who you can't actually support, who you don't believe what they're saying. Um, yes, from an electoral college perspective, voting for a third party is less likely to have a direct effect on the outcome of the election. But let's remember this is Utah Public Radio, and we're only dealing with Utah politics. And in Utah, if there, if all of those people out there who are saying, well, I'd vote for third party, but it doesn't matter, actually voted for third party, it would be a landslide for the third party. Hmm. Uh, what's it going to take, though, for that? If this election doesn't do it, will, will any election do that? Well, I think that this is, a, there is really a similarity to i think it was 1852 i'm not positive on the date uh the election of zachary taylor and the death of the whig party the similarities between that election and this election are stark um and it's 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 too late for the change to happen for this election cycle. It's really about the next election cycle and what happens in the future. Right now, everybody's focused on, I've got to stay loyal to my party because the opposition is terrible. But what happens when the election's over? What happens when you have to sit back and say, wow, did I really support that just because I thought the other side was going to be worse? That introspection is going to come when the heat of battle is over. And what happens then? Mm. And I think we're going to see major changes within both parties because it it has become an actual circus. And I don't mean to demean circuses like that. <laughs> yeah, understood. Um, do you think that's going to happen, though, that people will s- sit back and say, boy, what did I almost do? Because, I, you know, it's been my observation that a lot of people, including myself, uh, I will justify whatever decision I made and I'll, I'll hold to that <laughs> till the end of well, time. And that's what, I, that's what I think is going on right now, because we're in the phase where, uh, where fear and anger can be the driving motivation. Now, think back in your life. When have you ever made a good choice based out of fear and anger? Um, not pretty rare. And usually that's just by happenstance. That's, they're not good motivating factors, but those are the primary driving factors in electoral politics today. When the constant drumbeat of that fear and anger subsides, is everybody going to do it? No, but I think enough people are going to begin that introspective look I think once they take about a three-month break from thinking about anything politics at all and let things cool off, and then when they slowly begin to revisit that, it's going to be – they're going to need 12-step programs to get Mm, over this. Yeah. Boy, I hope we get a three-month break. I I think, uh, you know, 2020 is going to start in January. (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, Let's let's hope we get a little bit of a break. Um, Here's a – I'm lifting this from the Deseret News, so I'm going to credit them. This is from their opinion section, and it's a letter to the editors. This is from Reed in Mill Creek. Um, He's talking about strategy, and I don't know exactly how Reed feels about Donald Trump, but it sounds like he's probably going to vote for him. He says, this November's presidential election is extremely critical for the future of our nation. Before Justice Antonin Scalia's death, Supreme Court tilted 5-4 to four conservative. With the election of Hillary Clinton, the court will move to being 5-4 to four liberal. Donald Trump has already given us a list of about 11 potential jurists for Supreme Court nomination, any one of whom would preserve a 5-4 to four conservative uh, majority. Bottom line, if you want a big push toward Bernie Sanders' socialist dream, vote for Hillary Clinton. If you're more for limited federal government personal freedom, vote for Donald Trump. So Reid is articulating the strategic, you know, put character aside, put morals aside um, and uh, you know hold your nose and vote strategically for the for the sake of the Supreme Court if, and the future of the nation. Yeah, if you can put your blinders on and only look at one topic, 
it might, and, and I emphasize might, be better than the alternative on one topic. That is a sad state of affairs for the GOP. Um, and I say that as a recently former GOP member. Mm. That is the saddest state of affairs I can imagine when we're we're searching to find one topic that might be better. Because I'll tell you bluntly, I don't believe it. I don't believe that he's going to nominate any of these people, even if he wins. I don't believe anything that comes out of his mouth at this point, because he's had every stance under the sun, you know, within the last three months. So how are you going to believe that he's actually going to do that? It's a hope issue. If I may, uh, if I may quote from a previous election, it's hope and change. But how did that turn out for you? <laughs> well, and it, it, you could look at it as probability. At least, you know, with, with Hillary Clinton, you're probably going to get liberals. You're, and with, you're with Trump, much, you're probably going to get— You're pretty much guaranteed to get somebody higher, you're not going to want. And you're only most likely going to get somebody you don't want while you swallow the rest of the filth to get there. Right. Uh, we do have Samuel from Logan. We'll get to you just in, uh, after this uh, comment. Um, and I'm thinking back to Ben Carson's um, comment. Ben Carson— Best surrogate ever, from my point, because he's the most entertaining surrogate. <laughs> he is entertaining, that's Trump. true. Uh, he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but this is pretty close. He said, you know, with Donald Trump, it might be bad, four years, but but how bad could it be, really? You know, and, and we'll we'll get through the four years, you know, which is, <laughs> which is that's just— That's probably just, the best argument out there. Horrible. Well, can't, how's it going to get worse? Um, uh, but you take that and you say, okay, you know, let's hope that it doesn't get really bad and we don't— you know, Trump doesn't destroy the country, but at least you get good Supreme, from their point of view, good Supreme Court justices who will then be there for 30, 40 years. Well, and, and that's, that's, the, that's the argument. That assumes that his nomination does not destroy the GOP down ticket. They don't lose control of the Senate and the House um, and, you know, all of these other things that are bound to happen. Again, you are you are searching for one positive amongst a sea of negatives. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's go to Samuel and Logan. Samuel, I apologize I delayed you there with my blathering. Uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, what's your comment? Uh, thank you, Tom and Jonathan. Uh, I don't think we have a risk with this presidential election in terms of there may be risk in the ultimate consequence, but Hillary Clinton is going to win the presidential election. So what I am starting to pay attention to are the reactions, and I think you've kind of talked about this, the reactions of the other politicians, the down-ballot politicians, especially the Republican politicians, to Donald, Tr- Donald Trump's rhetoric. So it was very nice over the weekend. It was humbling, and it was interesting to hear the reaction from friends and family across the country that they're proud of Utah, with Governor Herbert, John Huntsman, Mike Lee, Mia Love, Chris Stewart, Jason Chaffetz, everyone disavows they actually pull their endorsements from donald trump and so the headline and this is my ultimate comments the headline that caught my attention this weekend was representative rob bishop saying he is still going to endorse he has to endorse the republican nominee he has no choice he is now on an island of utah politicians who would not pull their support and that really struck a chord with me and i'm going to remember that myself at the ballot box and I saw the headline in the Standard Examiner and the Salt Lake Tribune, and I just needed to call attention to that, that we need to pay attention to the down-ballot politicians who remain stalwart in their support of Donald Trump. That's uh, my comment. I appreciate the conversation. Oh, oh, okay, thank you, Samuel. Thank you. That's interesting. Uh, so first of all, the uh, Samuel uh, sounds like he is going to punish down-ballot, down-ballot Republicans if, uh, if they don't repudiate Trump. I I think he, Samuel, you're not alone in your assessment of that. Um, I've trying not to be too bombastic here because we're on live radio and I, I don't want to be over the top. But the Trump stain, as I generally refer to it in social media, is is going to be there on those politicians that backed him, however reluctantly. Um, the more enthusiastic, the greater the stain. It's going to be there, and it's not going to wash off easily. Uh, it's going to affect. Uh, particularly in a state like Utah, it's going to affect their future electoral um, possibilities. And the the second uh, note is uh, Utah has sort of been leading out, right? You absolutely. You, you and Andy uh, here in Cache County uh, made national news when you resigned from the Republican Party over over Trump. Uh, now some uh, so, some uh, elected officials 
and candidates. Republicans in Utah are withdrawing endorsements, which were in in several cases pretty tepid anyway. And uh, I don't. I, I wonder your comment on that. And then, what do you think is going to happen in Utah? What's what's the outcome going to be? You think? Well, you hate to be you know put on too much of a crystal ball. You know, as far as Utah making news on this, I, I it's very good. I'd like to see that. Um, it is too little and few and far between. You know, for what I think it should be. I mean, this should be a should be a constant thing that's happening. It should be everywhere. And I see it a lot. Now, maybe that's just the circles I'm running in, but I, I'm seeing a lot of that change. A lot of people who are coming out and saying, look, I can't be part of this you know, false dichotomy anymore. Um, I, so we're doing better than just about anybody else, but it's still a, a pretty pathetic showing over what I think it should be. Now, what's going to happen here? Um, that's a good question. I've been making predictions since last year and they've all ended up being horrible. So I, <laughs> right. <laughs> I predicted in, you know, the summer of last year when Trump announced that he would be a, a, uh, interesting footnote on an otherwise, on, a, on an election and that's it. And that turned out to be totally wrong. Well, and, and that's, you weren't alone, right? And in, in, in that, you know, and it, we've been wrong all along. Uh, so even though it looks really good right now for Clinton, uh, who knows? This this I, this is probably going to tighten back up. On, That's my prediction. Yeah. It's probably wrong. On the national scene, mm-hmm. I expect Clinton is going to win, and probably handily. Um, again, I. I that's no better outcome, in my opinion, than Trump winning. They're both really, really bad. But I expect that that's what's going to happen because it's easier to justify her winning than justify Trump winning. And when you look into the uh, Electoral College map and the state support individually and you dig into the polls, etc., that's probably where it's going to happen. But this is by no means the only October surprise that's going to come out. There is going to be so many more revelations, and that hole is going to get dug deeper and deeper as to, well, I'm supporting him just because the other guy's worse. It, it's going to it's gonna get nastier and muckier before this is over. Yeah, one headline I saw in Politico, 29 more days of mud. And that's, I think, what you I, just I, said there. Very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I wonder if this is going to turn off, the worry is going to turn off millennials. You know, this is, if you're just tuning in in your life to politics and this is your introduction, uh, maybe you just swear off politics. Well, I think what it's seeing is, uh, you don't see these polls touted very often, but amongst millennials, amongst the, especially the younger millennials, the under 25, guess who's winning? It's not Trump and it's not Clinton. Mm -hmm. It's Gary Johnson. He is winning amongst that. Not just like making good showing, he's first. Mm-hmm. And so there is a lot of support out there. There's a lot of support for abandoning, again, I, I always use this term because I think it's so accurate, this false dichotomy. Mm-hmm. I got to pick one or the other. I have to pick the lesser of two evils. It's Cthulhu versus Beelzebub. Which one is my favorite? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where we're at. And you don't have to play that game. Mm-hmm. You can step outside that. By the way, uh, let's take a break. Uh, we are talking with Jonathan Choate, um, and we are inviting your comment on the debate last night, on the election in general, on the revelations of uh, the explosive revelations of uh, Trump's uh, talk about sex uh, from 2005. And uh, we're going to be exploring as we go along questions of is this permanently coarsening the uh, the Democratic discourse? Is does this does this election campaign do permanent damage to democracy? Um, I want to uh, quote again. I think I've done this before. I'll, I'll talk about this when we come back. Uh, Amy Walters, who is a columnist and uh, reporter for uh, Cook Political Report, uh, she reported this is several months ago. Uh, her friends and family uh, asked her, you must be excited with this. This is just a fascinating election. She said, no, I'm just depressed because whoever wins, we're going to be even more polarized as, as a nation. We'll talk about polarization as well. And uh, your your comment. Want to know what you're thinking about this. And we have uh, comments from Ted and Jesse coming up. You can reach us as well to upraxcess at uh, gmail.com. Upraxcess at gmail.com. Uh, you can uh, also get to us by Twitter, at upraxcess. And you can call 800-826-1495. 800-826-1495. More following the break. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Moab Area Travel Council. 
who champions Utah's visitation to Grand County through tourism, events, and recreation in a manner that promotes and protects the beauty and scenery of our natural environment. Information available online at discovermoab.com. This is Management Minute by Professor Scott Hammond. Let's get this one right. The group leader called out to her team who was building a complex custom demise. Then she corrected herself. She said, let's get this one righter. Awkward language aside, people who work continuous improvement, lean manufacturing, or enterprise excellence know that every product and every process can be made better. Nothing is ever perfect. They are comfortable with the permanent question, how can I make that better? If you cannot see ways to improve your product or service, ask your customer. If they don't tell you, your competitor might. But by then it might be too late and you'll be out of the game. The Management Minute is brought to you by our members and the USU Shingo MBA program at the John M. Huntsman School of Business. A 15-month graduate degree for executives giving knowledge and skills to leverage the principles and tools of lean continuous improvement. Huntsman.usu.edu Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Cache Valley Center for the Arts presenting the Olate Dogs, a theatrical canine act with doggy stunts and tricks, and human acrobatics with Richard Olate and his son Nicholas, Monday, October 17th at 7.30 p.m. Details at cashearts.org. Thanks for joining us for Access Utah. We are looking for your comments on this extraordinary campaign season. Other adjectives could be depressing, vile, vulgar, um, worst ever. Um, yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> Jonathan Choate uh, joins me. He is with SD7 Technologies uh, Technology Group in Logan. He's also he was a former uh, Republican uh, member of the Republican Party and also a an official in the county Republican Party. Um, he and his colleague Andy uh, a few months ago resigned their positions, resigned from the party over Donald Trump. And uh, now Jonathan Choate is Libertarian Party County Chair for uh, Cash County. Uh, Jonathan, here at the beginning of this break, do you want to plug the Libertarian yes. meeting coming up? So the count, there has not been a county Libertarian organization until now. And we are holding our first organizing meeting to elect the county leadership tomorrow at 7 p.m. So anybody out there who is interested in participating or in learning more about the Libertarian Party, please come down 7 p.m. 155 Church Street at the Church Street Event Center and uh, and uh, run for a, run for an office or show some support. Uh, there will be free Gary Johnson yard signs. There, okay, so. and we've been uh, Jonathan's been saying uh, there there is another choice, and we we could mention Evan McMullen here, who's uh, running as an independent. And uh, there's Jill Stein, who's running on the Green Party. There, there are the choices uh, out there. And it seems like millennials, the younger people, are going for those in larger numbers. Um, we do have uh, comments from Ted and Jesse. You can comment here. We'd love to know what you think. What's your reaction to Donald Trump's uh, comments from 2005? It's been uh, just ex- explosive. Uh, Utah Republicans, some national Republicans, are repudiating their presidential nominees. Some of them even calling for Donald Trump to step aside. Uh, what do you think of the debate that happened uh, last night? And uh, what's on top of your mind as you get ready to vote? We uh, have the phone lines open at 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. It's toll free. You can join us by Twitter at UPR Access, at UPR Access. And uh, we also have email. You can uh, comment uh, via email to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at uh, gmail.com. Let me uh, jump into these uh, comments. This uh, first is uh, Ted in uh, Logan. He says, good morning, Tom. I just wanted to reply to a comment I just heard that frames this election as a vote against as a vote for. I'm happy and have been thrilled to support a then-prospective Clinton campaign since 2013. While obviously there are issues that are less than ideal with her candidacy, her support for progressive policies, power and placement of the role of government, and demonstrated service qualifies her as a candidate and earns her my vote. Thank you for the show, and thank you uh, to your guest for his insightful comments. That's uh, Ted uh, in Logan. Um, Let me go to uh, the next comment, because it's kind of on the same vein, even uh, ramps it up a little further. 
and then get your comments, uh, sure. Jonathan, because you've you've basically your attitude is a pox on both their houses, right? And uh, and let's, yes, let's you know, vote your conscience, go for a third party candidate because they're both Republican Repub- repugnant in different ways. Here's what Jesse says: It's insulting that your guest places the most highly qualified candidate for president in the last 50 years in the same category as the least qualified, who also happens to be a racist, bigoted, misogynist with no concept of how government works. Your guest hasn't made his case for how Clinton even comes close to Trump and vileness. I can only conclude he dislikes Clinton because she's a Democrat and especially a woman. Our country has real issues to deal with, one of the greatest of which is climate change that needs to be addressed immediately. Republicans have continued to drag their feet on climate change. Trump has said it's a hoax. Meanwhile, the world just passed the point of no return on CO2 emissions. It's ridiculous to pretend that voting Democrat in the next election is the same or worse than voting Republican. That is uh, Jesse. Um, and so, you know, I, I think a lot of people think what Jesse uh, does, that, that they're both bad, perhaps, but Trump is in a badness category far exceeding that of uh, Clinton. You know, again, I'm coming at this from my perspective as a libertarian-leaning person. Um, so the the problem that I see with Clinton versus – the problems with Trump are evident. We've covered those. I don't – this is the hard part about this election. You say you say a bad thing about one of them, and everybody thinks you support, uh, you know, the opposite. No, I can I can equally not support either of them. So the, we've already covered the problems with Trump. He's terrible. Problems with Clinton. A, I'm a libertarian. I am looking for limited government. I'm looking for individual responsibility, self-reliance. I don't support progressive policies. That's one of the reasons she's the worst candidate for me. I don't want to increase the centralization of power. I don't want to see those things happen. But on top of that, as far as character goes, I, she's had a lot of positions, but I can't find an example of anybody more corrupt than her in modern history. Um, yes, she's she's been in every circle, but she has got uh, scandal after scandal after scandal going back her whole life. And for some amazing reason, none of them stick. And it's not because there's no fire and it's just smoke. Let's go next to uh, our next caller, Virginia in St. George. Uh, thanks for calling. Go ahead with your comment. Hi, and thank you for taking my call. I just want to say... There is so many hypocritical hypocrites in this this world. Who's going to throw the first stone? And Washington is so corrupt, and the Clintons, there's not even, not one single good word you could ever say about those two. And yes, I would rather see Donald Trump and Mike Pence and people that would be around him to help him. And, you know, do what he needs to do. And I know that in the long run, this nation would be in much better place than if she gets in. We're doomed. That's all I have to say. Oh, okay. Thanks. Thanks, Virginia. Appreciate your appreciate your comment. And so Virginia represents uh, looks like about forty yeah. percent of of the of the country who's who's saying, well, yeah, Trump's got his problems, but uh, but Clinton's worse. Right. And 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 that's that's where we're at. We have we have two different sides representing there. Well, yeah, my side's got his problems, but the other side's worse. That's that's lesser of two evils, guys. Let's realize that when you vote for the lesser of two evils, you still get evil. Um, let's try not supporting one of the evils because, you know, flip a coin as to which one is worse. Um, it depends on the circumstance. Mm-hmm. Well, let me give you a yes but on that, um, <laughs> which is if you're, you know, you're a little freer to do that in Utah. Because uh, uh, even with these revelations, I predict, and I've been wrong a lot, that Trump's still going to narrowly win the state. Uh, maybe. Likely um, outcome. I, likely I can outcome. agree percentage-wise is probably the outcome. And it's probably not a tipping point state, as you know, Nate Silver uh, 538 calls it, uh, a state which is likely going to decide the election. But if you're in one of those states, um, and it looks like it's going to be really close, uh, you know, then, then you, if you vote for a third party... Maybe you, maybe that results in maybe the 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 worst of the two evils that you don't want in there. And you know, and that's entirely possible if you look at it from the perspective of where 
third-party votes are coming from. At this point, they are roughly equal between the two candidates. So just remember, it's not you know, your individual vote is not going to sway the entire nation's outcome, particularly in a state like a supermajority state. Um, but what, you have to justify your own vote to yourself when this is over. And, you know, and that's what we're seeing. And, and we're seeing a lot of that is, well, my guy's not great, but he or she is better than the alternative. Just remember, you've got you've to live with yourself the day after the election. Of, mm. I actually put my name behind that person, not just simply against the other one. Mm. And I couldn't, I can't do that. I can't vote for either of those two. I can't have my name associated with them. I mean, I had to, I had to leave a party and resign a position because that's how bad I felt it was. Let's go next to, uh, this is Marcia in Smithfield who called in but uh, couldn't go in the air. She had to go to work. Uh, so uh, thank you for giving us your comment before you went to work. Marcia says, uh, is the, she asked, is there any way to get this man to step down, talking about Trump, and put Pence in his place? She's also wondering, is, uh, not, is it not just Utah that's upset at this? It's not just Utah that's upset at this, is it? Question mark. Uh, so on that first question, I think there there are smart people looking into this. I haven't seen a definitive answer as to whether Trump could actually step down and you put Pence at the top of the ticket. From my understanding, it's basically too late logistically. While it's theoretically possible, it would require um, basically the entire national convention, the entire national committee going along with it in writing. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not the parliamentarian on this, but my understanding is is unless he voluntarily steps down, which isn't going to happen, um, then there's no way to do it. And there's no, it's too late in almost every state to change who's on the ballot. I mean, we have early voting already starting in some states. It's it's too late to change that. Now you could have a scenario where he could say, "All right, I'm still on the ticket, but as soon as the election's over, I'm going to resign and hand it to my vice president." Mm. That's theoretically possible, but really, um, from everything we know about Trump, is there the slightest likelihood of him voluntarily giving up power? I don't think so. No, I agree with you on that. Oh, he's made it very clear. And it, um, the next part that Marcia says, uh, it's not just Utah that's upset at this, is it? And I, I think the answer is uh, no, it's not no, just no, Utah. No, definitely not. But I would dare say that we are probably the most upset about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a Republican supermajority state who has very reluctantly gotten on that train um, and with the, you know, the high religious uh, – you know, affiliation, I guess you could say, in in uh, the state. I think we're taking it probably harder than any other state that I'm aware of. Obviously, mm-hmm. my view is a bit skewed being here, but as far as I can tell, we're taking it the most seriously of, of any of the other states I've seen. Yeah, just I would point out to, to Marcia that uh, John Thune, who's the number three Republican in the Senate, actually called if I'm if I got it right the, for Donald Trump to step down from yeah. from the nomination so uh, yeah not just uh, not just Utah but uh, Utah is is I think kind of leading the way uh, and uh, here is uh, Lourdes Lourdes says as a highly educated Latina woman I could never vote for Donald Trump his 2005 tape just shows what we already know that he's horrible I'm all about Hillary she's not perfect nobody is she's extremely prepared to be POTUS president of the United States. Um, so that's an interesting perspective from Lourdes. Thanks uh, for emailing in. You can as well, upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. The phone number toll free is 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. Or you can uh, reach us by Twitter at upraxis. So Lourdes is making the, the argument that we, I think we've already covered yeah. that uh, Hillary Clinton is very prepared and so that outweighs the 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 negatives you know and if if that's what you believe great if you can do it with with clear conscience more power to you i can't um and uh in the first part she's absolutely correct this should not be a revelation on trump uh we already knew who he was this did not surprise me in the slightest but if you were trying to avoid it it really is it's in your face enough that it it becomes much more difficult to perform the mental gymnastics to justify his behavior. Let's take another break. When we come back, more of your comments. We hope to hear from you at 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. 
or upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com, and we're on Twitter at upraxis, at upraxis. We have Jonathan Choate from SD7 Technologies in uh, Logan. He's the new libertarian uh, Cache County Party chair for Utah. He, a few months back, resigned his position with the Republican Party, decided he couldn't stomach Donald Trump, and uh, has, has moved uh, libertarian, and he is advocating for the third-party choice. Vote your conscience, have a clean conscience, vote for Gary Johnson or Evan McMullen or Jill Steiner. Yeah, I obviously am representing Gary Johnson, but if you don't want to support him, just just vote for the person who best represents your principles and values, regardless of party affiliation, because you're the one who has to live with this vote. It's not about it's not about parties. It really is about there is a character issue that somebody needs to be have a level of honesty, a level of uh, compassion and empathy, and all of all of these you know positive adjectives that are not represented on the two top candidates. They are just not there. Um, there is plenty of problems with all of the third party candidates. Uh, there's plenty of problems with anybody. There's no single person out there I'm going to agree with 100%. And so you always have to make some level of compromise. But there's a point where you have to stop and step back and say, no, I can't compromise that far. And I think this is this election is a clear indication that we've crossed that line significantly. Let me put in a plug for one of uh, the this, uh, uh, great new series that's coming up on Utah Public Radio. It's called the Objectify Series. It's about objectification of women. Um, and uh, all the ins and outs and how do we prevent this. Um, this, this relates, of course, to Donald Trump's <laughs> comments on his tape, which were horrible. Um, and that's starting during All Things Considered tomorrow. So I wanted to plug that. You can find it a lot more at upr.org, upr.org. That's the Objectify series. It's uh, coming up uh, starting tomorrow in All Things uh, Considered. We'll continue this discussion. I want to talk about Donald Trump and women. I want to talk about media. I want to talk about polarization when we come back. And when we come back, um, we'll uh, hear a, a bit from NPR um, from earlier uh, today get us into this. Let's take a break now. On the next Radio Lab, we ask. She takes a look at him and says, A question. Who are you? When he looks at his mother, he says, Doctor, who is this woman? She was thinking this is some strange man who's sitting here in you know, her husband's clothing. This woman looks exactly like my mother, but she's an imposter. An imposter? She is an imposter. Can you ever really know another person? Like, really know? That's on the next Radio Lab. Join us Tuesday morning at 10 on Utah Public Radio. I'm Stephen Dubner. On the next Freakonomics Radio, a listener wonders. I was at dinner last night having sushi, and I had this realization that every worker at every sushi restaurant that I've ever been to is Asian, or at least Asian-ish looking. Racial profiling in the restaurant trade. Does it make business sense? Is it legal? That's next time on Freakonomics Radio. Join us Thursday morning at 10 on Utah Public Radio. Thanks for listening to Access U Time. Tom Williams, and we're talking about this extraordinary campaign season. Throw in whatever adjective you uh, want to throw in there, and it just became more so over the weekend. We want to know what your reaction is to Donald Trump's comments from 2005 and uh, Utah Republicans and some national Republicans' repudiation of their presidential nominee. Do you think Donald Trump should step down as, as the nominee? Who are you going to vote for? Uh, what did you think of the debate? What's on the top of your mind as you get ready to vote? Um, I'd love it if you brought up an issue or two. Issues seems it's, it seems to be an issue-free campaign, yeah, other mean, than the character of the opposing candidate. We're remarkably free of any actual talk on policy and you know economic principles, all those things that we would expect to see in a presidential debate. We we've been completely free of that, and we're like uh, you know ten-year-olds fighting in a playground. Yeah, it, it's just very depressing. I want to get into that, um, the, the character issue. Uh, Senator Kelly Ayotte uh, had recently, when she was asked the question, um, is Donald Trump a good role model for kids? And uh, she said, well, you know, both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are good role models. And then she re- retracted that after the, after the sex tape, the sex talk tape. Um, 
that's that's been an issue. You can't even talk about this campaign with your kids. You have to turn off yeah. the radio or television. I'm you th- can't. You this know? morning, I am driving in with my child to drop my child off at school, and I have to turn the radio off because, regardless of how clinical we're trying to discuss these things, these are mature topics, and uh, that's what the election is this time, folks. It's um, I, I won't even say it. It's just that bad. Yeah. And in fact, um, if we have time, we'll, we'll play this. It's, you know, I, I, some people are saying that uh, this, to, to not put to put uh, too fine a point on it, this is sexual assault that Donald Trump is describing. Absolutely. On, Without a doubt. Not proof that he did it. No. But proof that in a braggadocio way, he's what he's describing is sexual assault. And, uh, you know, it's <clears throat> locker room talk when you're 13 not when you're 60. Yeah. So yes, if this happened when he was 13 years old, I could dismiss it as locker room talk. Not when he's in his 60s. Yeah, it, it's like Henry Hyde, former congressman from Illinois. Um, he had a, what he described as a youthful indiscretion. He he was the head of the House Managers for the impeachment of uh, Bill Clinton. I kind of liked Henry Hyde. He was very articulate and had this wry sense of humor. But he described this as a, 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 a adultery. Uh, as a youthful indiscretion, and I was willing to forgive him, and then it turned out he was 46. Yeah. You know, and uh, so I, I was, See, I took back my... By that measure, I can do anything I want right yeah. now, and mm-hmm. it's still a useful indiscre- indiscretion. Yeah. Let's go to our next uh, caller, who is Timothy in South Weaver. Timothy, glad you called. Go ahead with your comment. Hey, how are you guys today? Go, doing well. Good. Hey, I just uh, think it's really interesting to hear people talk about, you know, hey, I'm going to vote for the lesser of two evils. Um, rather than just voting for, uh, you know, voting their conscience or voting for the candidate they think would actually do the job best. Um, I hear this all the time. I'm, I've been a libertarian supporter for the, best, for the last eight years, and, uh, uh, you know, I, mostly I've just seen the, the Republican and Democratic parties go downhill. Uh, and so kind of just being unsatisfied with that, uh, I've looked out to, to other parties. But the thing I constantly hear from my friends and family is, well, there's just absolutely no way that, you know, a third-party candidate is going to be elected. And my response to them is always, well, yeah, if nobody votes for him, that's true. But if, if people just vote for him, then, then they will be elected, because that's what it takes to get elected in this country. So that was my, my first comment, is it just, I think that's just a poor excuse to not vote for the person you think that is going to do the best job. Um, and secondly, just real quick, is is this whole idea that this is just locker room talk, to me, is just just disgusting. I, I think that um, uh, I, I've worked in the restaurant industry in management, and, uh, you know, I hear, I hear quote-unquote locker room talk all the time. And it usually goes, uh, you know, something like, hey, that, that girl's hot, or hey, should I get that girl's number over at table number 46, or, you know, something along those lines. But even in the restaurant industry, I have never heard these type of, words used to uh to talk about and, and i agree with what you said in in a sort of a sexual assault type of way I've, i haven't used heard these type of words used and i just think i just think that's just such a uh such a poor excuse um you know to continue to uh to make it to continue to make excuses for donald trump in this it just it just blows me away yeah i used to work construction uh many years ago and uh, so i i've had the same experiences as you and amongst some pretty rowdy, rough crowds, I don't think I've heard anything as bad as that. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, Tim- I, I totally agree. Thanks, Timothy. I appreciate that. And uh, Timothy, okay. Jonathan, uh, Timothy was echoing what you said earlier in the program: uh, vote your conscience, then you'll have a clean conscience. <laughs> don't well, vote for the lesser two evils. It, it, when you see the number of people out there making the statement, "Well, I can't vote for the third party because the third vote, third party can't win." If those same people who want to but won't because of, well, because then, you know, then the person I hate worse might win. If those people, particularly in a state like Utah, all went third party who just have an inclination to, it would not even be close. There are so many people out there making that same argument that if even half of you went third party, we would have a real race here. Hmm. By the way, as a libertarian... Do you what do you do you wish your candidate had 
could have remembered Aleppo and oh, absolutely uh, and, and uh, could think of a, a world leader that he <laughs> look I'm the first person to say that Gary is a terrible interview on many of these things he is he's not good at the at the gotcha type stuff at the quick answer the quiz show type things that's not his strong point at all he's not even that great of a libertarian in my opinion there's mm. many things I disagree with him on um but again when we're trying to come you know Everybody has to make compromises. There is no perfect candidate. Now, we those statements are often made to justify Trump or Clinton. But again, there's a cutoff point. That cutoff point is, is when they're vile human beings, it doesn't matter what their politics are. You can't support them. This is our next uh, emailer. By the way, uh, we're talking with uh, Jonathan Choate from SD7 Technologies. Uh, he's a former Republican Party official in Cache County. He, along with his colleague Andy, I'm sorry, I forget Andy's last Rasmussen. name. Rasmussen. Andy Rasmussen. I thought it was Rasmussen. Andy Rasmussen. I want to give him credit, too. Um, you two um, resigned. Your positions resigned from the party over Trump. You're voting your conscience. I can't remember what, what Andy said, what he's going to do. He is, at this point, unaffiliated and has not made a decision in my understanding at this point. Okay. Um, he's not He's not a libertarian-leaning person like I was. I've you know Being in the GOP, I've always been libertarian-leaning. That's not been a secret. Uh, but I felt at the time that the best place to express that libertarianness was within the Utah GOP. Mm. I no longer feel that that is correct and have since left and joined the Libertarian Party. And now I'm in charge of things, which is uh, all right. Libertarian uh, Libertarian <laughs> Party uh, County Chair for Cache County. Um, and uh, while we're putting in, uh, maybe give another plug for the Libertarian meeting. Yes. If anybody wants to come, we are doing the first Cache County organizing meeting for the Libertarian Party. We have not had an official organization in Cache County, and we do now. Mm-hmm. So we're going to elect leadership. We're going to you know, network with one another. Um, hopefully anybody can make it. I realize it's a Tuesday night, which for a lot of people, there are responsibilities associated with Tuesday. I apologize for that. It was the only night that we could get everything to come together. Seven o'clock at the Church Street Event Center, 155 Church Street. All right. And uh, just to make clear, uh, UPR is not uh, choosing any party or, or candidate. Uh, but the following plug, uh, we'd fully get behind a UPR. We have a great series coming up. Uh, it's called the Objectify series, talking about objectification of women, all of the ins and outs of that and, and, um, and how to prevent it. Um, and that'll be beginning here on Utah Public Radio during All Things Considered tomorrow. And you can find out more at our website, upr.org. So that's the Objectify series brought into focus by the, you know, this, this horrible beyond locker room talk that we heard from, from Donald Trump and just the, the tenor of this campaign. Hope you'll tune into that. That's the Objectify series, and that is beginning in All Things Considered tomorrow. Find out more information at upr.org. Uh, you can join the conversation. We have about six minutes left, and we hope to get your comment on this extraordinary election season and uh, what's been happening over the weekend. Upraxis at gmail.com. Upraxis at gmail.com is our email. You can uh, tweet us to at, uh, at uh, upraxis. I never know how to talk about Twitter, at UPR Access, and uh, you can call us at 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. Mason from Tremont and Call didn't want to go on the air, but he says he's actually Mike Pence's cousin. Hey, small world. He says it's a really good idea to think of our future. Everyone has to be open-minded. So I'll just comment here, um, Mason, uh, uh, there is... Uh, you know, there's a, a strong strain of buyer's remorse among some Republicans. They wish Mike Pence was at the top of the ticket, and I think even more so after the vice presidential uh, debate, in which he, I just have to do this aside, very cleverly, I thought, uh, constructed in his mind an alternate Donald Trump and, and uh, sort of defended that alternate uh, Trump. Yeah, I do not envy the position he's in trying to justify his running mate's behavior. Um, again, we've talked about mental gymnastics. He, he put on a great floor routine there. Yeah. And he's, uh, put in plug for radio hosts. He's a, he's a former radio host. And I think that stood him in good stead. He was able to project. I thought he did a, a um, at least his political chances, uh, you know, went up. I don't know about uh, about his uh, running mate. Anyway, uh, Mason, that's very interesting. Um, just to reiterate, Mason says it's a really good idea to think of our future. Everyone has to be open-minded. Caden uh, has emailed in a question. Do you really think Trump is going to build a wall, or do you think he will destroy this nation? Um, that, that's the question for Caden. I think, have no idea what he would actually do, uh, I, and I mean that honestly. I don't have the slightest idea which of the stances he's had he actually believes in, if any of them. I, I truly and honestly don't know what he will do. That's the scariest part. It is completely—so 
it's one of those things where if you if you want to be hopeful and positive, you can assign your, well, I want him to do X, and he said that once, so therefore I'm going to latch on to that. You can assign whatever you want into his behavior and hope he's going to do it. But I have not the slightest idea what he would actually do. Yeah, that's what, uh, this kind of echoes what Jeb Bush said uh, fairly recently. He said, you know, it's just going to be disillusioning to these uh, to Trump voters. He says there's not going to be a wall. There's, he's not going to do anything he says he's going to do. Yeah, he's, Jeb was, uh, Bush was kind of uh, indicating he thought that Trump would just be an ineffective president. And, yeah, you know, so, so he's I guess that's be Zachary maybe, Taylor. But, but if that's the best case scenario, you know, uh, then you've got a problem, Scandit, isn't it? Because the, the, there's a possibility out there that he really could yeah, be unstable. Yeah. The best case scenario is he does nothing and just goes around and, and improves his own personal uh, grandioseness. I know that's not the right word. But if he just goes around and uses it to improve his personal brand and get his name out there and puts Trump on everything, well, that would be great. I don't care. Uh, that's, but I am afraid that that's a best case scenario and unlikely to be it. You don't generally assign significant amounts of power to clinical narcissists and expect good things. Here is Carl, who has emailed us, by the way, uh, upraxcess at gmail.com and 800-826-1495. We have about two minutes left. We could fit a quick email or call in. Uh, otherwise, we'll end with Carl. Carl says the rise of Donald Trump is a direct result of the Republican Party and Fox News. Both are fear and hate mongers who disregard facts and science. The denial of climate change, the irrational uh, of being killed by fear of being killed by terrorists, the chances of being killed by random violence is greater than being killed by a terrorist. Everyone has to have a gun, you know. You talk about personal freedom, but the Republican Party is always trying to, trying to curtail voting rights, women's rights, minority rights. The personal freedom must be by their terms. The U.S. is the greatest country, but after listening to Trump and Fox News, you would think it's the worst. The Republican Party is dying, and we're better off. And Gary Johnson uh, can't name a world leader. So he's a little shot in at the Libertarian Party candidate. So the first part of that, uh, to begin with, uh, Jonathan, we just have about a minute left. Rise of Donald Trump, direct result of Republican Party and Fox News? Um, it, In a way, yes. The, it's, the rise of Donald Trump is directly responsible. It's because... The Republican Party failed to listen to what was going on, failed to adapt to its own voter base. And as such, Trump is the only reason so many people are supporting him. Well, he's not part of the establishment. It's an anti-establishment call without realizing what you're actually going to. It's again, it's a support out of fear and anger. And it's not just one side that's using fear and anger, guys. It, both sides are absolutely pushing. It's just a it's just a different thing to be afraid of and a different thing to be angry about. Um, I want to put in just one brief last comment, but uh, thirty seconds, um, Jonathan, on what's your prediction for the future of the Republican Party? It seems like it's, it has splintered here. There's a splinter in it. Uh, it has a major splinter, um, a big one. If I had to pontificate and make a prediction, I would say look to the Whig Party of uh, 19, I think, again, 52, I think is when it was. Uh, and there is the future of the GOP. Um, whether it actually gets to be that extreme, I don't know. But uh, that's where we're headed right now without a major change. And I want to give Jake the last word here. I think it sums it up. Jake says, I just want to be told it's all a joke and we have better real candidates. Amen. Amen to that, Jake. Keep the comments coming at upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. And I just want to put in plug for Thursday's program. We'll have J.D. Vance on. He's the author of Hillbilly Elegy, Hillbilly Elegy a memoir of family and culture in crisis. J.D. Vance has been uh, kind of the go-to guy in the national media as a explainer of uh, some Trump voters, some uh, um, white working class uh, voters who felt left behind with the uh, current economy. Uh, although he doesn't personally, I don't think, uh, support Donald Trump. So, J.D. Vance, Hillbilly Elegy on Thursday. Hope you'll join us then. Hope you'll join us tomorrow, of course, for the program. Thanks for listening today. A service of the College of Humanities and Social Sciences at Utah State University, this is Utah Public Radio, heard statewide on KUSR, Logan, KUSK, Vernal, KUSL, Richfield, KUST, Moab, KCEU, Price, and KUSU-FM, Logan.